Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Vibing on a holiday Monday. It is Juneteenth Monday. All over the country, this is the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, broadcasting live from the Planet Kia Studios, the best place on the planet to buy a car. Visit them on East Independence or online at planetkiancy.com. Hit up that text line 704-570-9610. Walker, what you got? Well, I wanted to give the wrestling world a little more love. We don't talk about it a ton because I have nothing to give to the conversation. (laughs) So I will be the mouthpiece for the people writing in on the text line. I told you about Chuck T's. Mike from Mooresville said, Wes, it was a great moment. I told my wife it was about to happen when it did take place. So Mike from Mooresville, not getting fooled. Big Cat Dan (laughs) said, that was the greatest swerve. Jay needs an Emmy for that performance. That super kick was dynamic. That's the text from Big Cat Dan. Yeah, man, it was was really fun. And then we've been getting more in the AEW as well. That's been heating up. So I like to watch that. But again, just that moment alone, everybody was shocked. Told you my mom still was talking about it the next day. I had it on my mind when I woke up the next day, too. I said, man, I said, that was just really awesome how they did that. Because, like I said, most things in wrestling you can predict. My man, obviously, he had the crystal ball out. But most things you can predict. But just the way they played that out, man, you just, it's, I didn't see it coming. It does not appeal to only one demographic, the wrestling world. Oh, yeah. it, it appeals to so many. And I'll always tell the story of, yes, Another Catawba County. I need to have some kind of sounder when I go back to Catawba County memory lane because there are a <laughs> yeah. lot of stories. Sure. Uh, that's the one where, okay, that's the best. That's when Fiddy gave us a sheep joke mm-hmm. when a sheep escaped in Catawba County. We had to go catch it. That's a good one. But this story evolves around my babysitter who was like 80, 80 years old, mm-hmm. okay, had so many birds on her property too, just peacocks, chickens, pigeons. So many different birds, like crazy old bird lady, but we loved her so. And she loved herself some WWE, WWF, whatever it was at the time. Mm-hmm. And so when I would stay, sweet old lady, as sweet as could be. But when The Undertaker was on, everybody had to shut up and turn on the TV and get that volume loud. So I'd have <laughs> my puzzle that I was working on, very simple puzzle for being as old as I was. And she would say, hit him with the chair, Undertaker. <laughs> and she meant every single bit of it. And that's still a phrase that me and my family use today. Yeah, because there's so many different characters. You're going to relate to one of them. And so Undertaker is always funny because my grandma used to always tell me to turn the TV off when he was coming on because she thought he was demonic. The exact opposite that. effect. Yeah, when she had that Undertaker, she said, turn that off in there. <laughs> Oh, no, she she needed it on. She needed the volume yeah. up, and she wanted a chair in play. All right, so Colin Cowherd talking about the Panthers, making the transition, talking about the Cats, and the division, the NFC South. He had a interesting opinion about how he thought the Panthers are going to finish this season in the NFC South. Let's play it, Shrop. I really trust the defense and the coaching staff with Carolina, and I think Bryce Young is more than capable of being inserted in and winning the division. Carolina Saints, uh, Carolina Panthers, New Orleans Saints battle to the last couple of weekends for the division title. 
All right, there you have it right there. Colin Cowherd, strong believer in the Panthers. I'm not surprised by this because I've always been a big fan of Colin Cowherd. And so listening to his show, he always values smart. You hear him always talk about this guy's smart, that guy's smart. So I know he loves what the Panthers did with the coaching staff. I know he feels like it's very smart. And so when you look at everything else, and I think he thinks Ezra Evero is going to come in and elevate this defense from where they once were. And then also you look at the fact that many people say, well, the Panthers don't have maybe that de facto number one receiver. Maybe those receivers and the skill talent is going to be their demise. But from everything you're hearing, Cameron Wolf from USA Today says that expect Jonathan Mingo to have a big role Within this team, he talked about the chemistry with Bryce Young. He talked about his conversation with Thomas Brown and how he said he he's such a better athlete than he even thought he would be. So this guy may have a chance to be their number one receiver in year one or really start to make those strides. So if you put all that into the pot, we've compared rosters. We know Atlanta's deficient in the pass rush area, which they went out and tried to address. We know that also Atlanta's got question marks at quarterback. We know the Saints have question marks on the offensive line. So it's not out of the realm of possibility. But what say you, Walker, about Colin Cowherd's take on the Panthers? It goes back to the conversation we had last week when looking at the NFC South odds. You're going to get different odds with different outlets, but the Saints are going to be around 130, Falcons 230, and you just keep going up 100 from there. Panthers 345, 350, 340, whatever. I like Carolina's bet by far more than any other team heading into this season. If you if I'm going to get plus 200 odds difference between the Saints who have legitimate questions and Carolina which have improved greatly over the course of this past offseason, give me Carolina as my favorite bet, no ifs ands and buts about it. It doesn't mean that they are 100% going to win, but that payout, those odds 100% I'd rather go in on them. And it's it's not crazy. I wonder I mean, there's so many different pundits out should there. Should they be the favorite? I think they should. Mm. I think they should. Well, the thing with Saints is is Derek Carr and right. Bryce Young. Mm-hmm. Because I think I, people are still going to say Derek Carr is the better quarterback, especially Bryce Young's first season in the NFL. And so that would be enough of a difference for you to go towards the Saints and maybe the defense. Maybe we can get a little too aggressive by saying Carolina should be the favorites within this division. But I just don't trust the skill weapons outside of Chris Olave. Alvin Kamara is going to have the suspension. How much can you rely on Jamal Williams to be the guy that does everything that Kamara does? Remember, because Jamal is not a guy that's going to catch a lot of passes out of the backfield. Kamara is one of the best to do it ever since he was drafted in the league. He, Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, he's in tier one of the best pass-catching running backs in all of the NFL. And with him serving a long suspension expectedly, that's a big old weapon to be missing. And now you're relying so much on Alave. Can the offensive line, they have some good guys there, but it's not as deep as it used to be. Yeah, I have no problem with Carolina being a favorite where a lot of people are going to go to him. And even with the Falcons number two, it's not a great division. They're not one of the best by any stretch of the imagination. It is going to be extremely interesting, though, to see how this all plays out going this season. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I still trust New Orleans the most at this point. But I do think going forward, Carolina has the brighter outlook. But the only thing about New Orleans, as I said, just the defense. You already hear reports Brian Bercy is looking good and starting to run reps with the first team. And you're already talking about a unit that was 
ninth in the NFL when you talk about points allowed, fifth in yardage, and then if you add a Brian Bercy to the mix, the disruptor that he can be and if he can stay healthy, and I only bring that up because he didn't stay that healthy at Clemson, but you add him to the mix, this defense can really be a pain in the keister. Okay, Uh, but Mm -hmm. a a lot of their skill talent is going to depend on Michael Thomas. But I am going to gamble that his injury uh, riddled campaign of the last couple of seasons is going to come to an end. I think Michael Thomas bounces back this year. That's one of my bold predictions. It's a a bold one. I think he's going to bounce back this year. I'm not saying he's going to come back and be the dominant receiver he once was, but I do think he's going to come back and be a very uh, serviceable position. Because one thing I do think about injuries when you're out for a while, I think it can take some of the mileage off even though you're getting beat up, but you're still not taking that NFL beating week in and week out. And I think if you can just get your body to stay straight, you haven't had the punishment the last couple of seasons. So I think that Michael Thomas, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say I think he's going to have a, a a good season for the Saints. Not dominant, folks. Don't come out and let me think he's going to have a gold jacket type of season, but I do think he's going to bounce back and be serviceable you for just, the Saints. You just want him to stay on the field for what? Sure. 10 games? <laughs> yeah. I think the bar is that low if you go back yeah. and look at what he's done the last three seasons, which is not a whole lot. Bagel Guy wrote in on the text line, I'm a Panther fan, but you can't be the favorite with a rookie QB, questions on the D-line, and questions in the secondary. I think we have a chance, but we are not at the point where we should be the favorite yet. So that was from the Bagel Guy. 803 wrote in, Bryce is already better than, uh, better than Derek Carr has ever been. Will win Rookie of the Year and get us the division. I, I feel like the mental conflict with that text has you going something crazy, Wes, because Bryce is already better than Carr, <laughs> has ever been. Bryce will win rookie of the year and get Carolina to the division. That is a roller coaster of emotion for you based <laughs> off of your previous text. No, I, I do think he is uh, <laughs> the better player than Derek Carr. I mean, I, I could say that. Like right, right now. now. Because that's the point, right? Because Derek Carr, as much as I don't love him getting that big yes, contract. I will say yes. You're saying Bryce is better than Derek yes, Carr right now. I will say yes. Okay. I believe that much in him. What was the I, light bulb I, moment that had you emphatically I, I just, answering Because I'm, I'm just going to get – because I know Derek Carr's already been a proven commodity, and I like Carr a lot more than most. And I do think he's going to have a good season. But I just think Bryce Young is that special. We're seeing this already. So speaking of that, Everything we've seen in the offseason thus far, have our expectations for him risen or are they staying steadfast to what you already thought? I think steadfast is good because it feels like we're, we're, we're getting more evidence in our previous opinion on him. I don't know if I, I think the numbers are going to be any different based off what we've seen so far in OTAs, but I feel that much more confident that he can come in and throw for 3,800 to 4,000 and be the guy that Carolina needs him to be in order to win games and not screw it up, which is ultimately the thing you want from your rookie QB setting foot into the NFL for the first time ever in his life. Don't bleep it up. I don't need you throwing for 350 yards a game. We don't need that at all. You just need the whole don't turn it over. Can you make the big plays? You know, five times, I mean, three, five times a game, something like that where you're throwing 15 yards or more downfield Something like that, where everything else is real controlled game manager, quote unquote, style with flashes of being a Star Wars number type of QB later down the line. 
I, what we're seeing now makes me more steadfast in that belief rather than me expecting him to have this crazy Madden simulation where he might be throwing for 4,800 yards. <laughs> the, the thing is, I've had high expectations from him from the jump, and so I'm going to say my opinion of him has stayed steadfast because so far yeah. he's matched up to everything that I thought he would be coming in. I think he's going to have a, a fantastic season. And the great part about it, what you just said when you said tell him don't bleep it up, this is a guy that you don't even have to utter those words to. Yeah. Like, you don't even have to come and tell Bryson, listen, man, don't mess this up, all right? We got this, we got that. You don't even need to tell him. He understands the assignment from jump. And so when you put that into the pot, as I said, everything that's happened this offseason, you hear the vets, you hear the coaching staff, you hear Bryce himself. And so my expectations of him have stayed steadfast because they're high already. Um, so I just don't know how much higher they could get. They might soar to those Madden level uh, simulations to where I think mm. you can come out and do that. It, it would be it would be the most insane rookie QB season. Yeah. We, we we can talk about it a little later. We did gloss over your number one weapon talk though with uh -huh. Jonathan Mingo, mm -hmm. and we talked a little bit more about this with Terrace Marshall. Man, I this is what gets me excited as a Panther fan. If if there is enough production in OTAs and the offseason to have the, hey, could TMJ be the number one option? Hey, could Jonathan Mingo be the number one option as soon as this year? You already have vets like Chark and Thielen who are proven commodities and Thielen certainly in the twilight of his career, but still a good guy to have a part of your receiving core. If we have two guys you trust as long as they're on the field with Thielen and, and Chark, and two guys with TMJ and Jonathan Mingo with a lot of upside. I wonder what kind of gap there could be based on how we feel about this receiving core at the end of the season to what we had coming in. Because it's it's on the way up, Wes. If we're having this convo about Mingo and Terrace Marshall Jr. because of the way that he's been playing, everything's looking up for this passing for this passing attack. Maybe it is enough for Bryce Young to get 4,800. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the jury's out for me still on TMJ, but we did talk about for those who did not hear on Friday, Pro Football Focus rated him basically the best it was the number one route grade. runner in the league when you talk about go routes. He had the best rating on those, the most yards. So he was a guy that connected with his quarterback on the best ratio uh, percentage of those go routes, which is just speaking just Run fast, go by the guy, catch it down the field. So you've got that working. As I just mentioned, Cameron Wolf already saying Jonathan Mingo's going to have a big role. So maybe this receiver room could be better than what we think. Think about how big of a swing factor both of those guys could have on the offense. Though. Huge. It be could be ginormous. People had good feelings about Carolina before they expected big things from TMJ and Jonathan Mingo. And no, it's not a foregone conclusion that they're going to have great numbers this year in 2023 but if they are even better than average that itself is a big old swing for this carolina panthers offense heading into this year yeah and the only thing i i won't like is just sec fans good lord you won't be able to hear enough from them with bryce young at quarterback mingo tmj ball and i mean god oh think about it. it's a good point because think about this you have hayden hurst as your south carolina right tight end. hayden hurst you have bryce young alabama Mingo, Ole Miss, <laughs> TMJ, and DJ Chark from LSU. This is SEC all SEC up here in Charlotte. And the, 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 
the Panthers will be the SEC all-conference, all-time team from the last three years. And I, I thought maybe, okay, Brian Burns is representing the ACC on the other side, but then Derek Brown raises his hand and said, like, hey, stand up for Auburn, everyone. Right, right, Marquise right. Haynes, Ole Miss. <laughs> yeah, we, Horn. we like scouting the SEC. Yeah, Lord, Jamie Robinson, you guys got to come with come us. Come on, State. Let's do it, baby. All right, but when we come back, we're going to be talking number two overall pick for the Charlotte Hornets. This is... The Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Food. Go check it out. You'll get the idea. At West Bryant underscore 72. Yep. I already got it at the top of the dome. You can find me on Twitter at Walker Mail. Find Troppy on Twitter at Troppy WFNZ. And the show handle on Twitter at Weston Walker. Putting out the swag today. I'm still surprised you haven't put out my MF Doom hoodie because I wear it a lot. And you always yeah. make a comment. Yeah, but people uh, you know, people will appreciate that and, and like that. So I hadn't thrown it up on there yet. I think uh, all your shirts I've put up so far have been the basketball T-shirts, man. But then you come through. And bless us with stuff like that. Well, I had the string of Muggsy Bogues, Manute Bowl, Glenn Rice, Grandmama shirts because I went crazy on T Public yeah. because sometimes that's just how it goes down. And I really like album cover shirts. Mm-hmm. So I have a sweatshirt of Philadelph Half Life with the roots. I have Mmm Food, MF Doom. I'm wearing that today. I also have the Low End Theory of Tribe Called Quest. And so now I'm trying to figure out what the next one should be. Because you also need a cool-looking album cover if you're going to go sport it. And it has to have some kind of iconic style, but also maybe not as... Because everybody has Ready to Die. You know, right, like those t-shirts right. are sold yeah, everywhere. Which Walmart, <laughs> Walmart maybe has t-shirts and Target. Illmatic. There will be a lot of Illmatic covers yes. out there that yes. people will wear. Dark Side of the Moon, if we just want to get out of the hip-hop realm. Chambers, but yeah, then you get all the rock too. band joints and stuff like that. And sometimes when I see people wearing the rock band shirts especially, like I'm like, I wonder do they really listen to that band or they just like the shirt. Which is why I have to get one that I listen to because people will test you. Me too. I, I've, had, I've had three separate instances in my life where I'll wear the low-end theory, uh, theory hoodie mm-hmm. and people will say, hey, yo, man, can I kick it? And they're testing me. <laughs> yes, you can. You just say, hell no. All right. I should, push I should do that. I yeah. should do that. It's like, huh? <laughs> no. No, I ain't kicking it. I want what? some Griselda merch so bad, but it's so hard to get. And it's so expensive. Well, and those covers are kind of crazy. You can get Who Made the Sunshine. That'd be cool. 
Yeah. <laughs> it would be. I like some of the gritty ones. Too. Well, that's not the, the problem. Not the bad ones. Not like Pray for Pears, but that's just a big graphic. <laughs> but, I mean, t- I like some those, of the ones. For those that don't know, Pray for Pears has somebody decapitating another person yes. on that album cover. So maybe we don't wear that t-shirt. Yes, R.I.P. to Virgil. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, like some of the ones with Westside and his uh, ski mask. But you don't like that either. I'm not a big proponent of it, but for rap, it's fine. Okay. Because that's the... That's the mood. That's the image. And we know the lifestyle that they portray. So that's a part of it. Okay. I didn't know that. We need yeah. album cover suggestions. And if you have any T-shirt with an album cover, let us know. 704-570-9610. we got the Monday mailbag segment coming up at 145. So we can even save it for later. Camp Low album cover. Oh, that's nice. That's a great that T-shirt. Is a good one. That's that a fantastic one. one. Yeah, we'll keep reading those as we go on and get to the Monday mailbag. I'm going to try to make sense of what's going on surrounding the Charlotte Hornets organization. Wes, we've talked about the divisiveness already between whether you like Scoot or whether you like Brandon Miller. There are so many different reports out there. I can't keep up. It's my job, too. And I'm trying, y'all. I really am. But I can't keep up. And I will use this as the example. If we want to go to the New Orleans Pelican side of things, Mm -hmm. that has a lot of meaning to the Charlotte Hornets. Shams, just a couple of hours ago said that they are going to ask for Brandon Ingram in any trade surrounding the number two overall pick. So if the Pelicans want the number two pick and they want to use that on Scoot, looks like they're going to have to give up Brandon Ingram. But Kevin O'Connor of The Ringer said if Portland is going to deal with New Orleans, then Portland would rather have Zion Williamson. We also have Bill Simmons on his latest podcast saying he heard from someone that he trusts that Zion is not going to be on the Pelicans roster after Thursday night is over and done with. I can't keep up with the Pelican side of things. You can take that bridge over to the Charlotte Hornets where they're working out Brandon Miller and Scoot. Jonathan Wasserman, yep, here's another report for you. He put out there on Bleacher Report that any rumor about Brandon Miller being the number two pick, it's just that. It's Mm. a rumor that has snowballed from nothingness. But we just played the J.J. Reddick soundbite in the first hour. And J.J. says everything he's hearing is that Charlotte loves Brandon Miller. Wes, they have done such a good job of creating a tornado of reports to where I can't grab any of them and run away with it. The best answer I can give you is that, I don't know, throw my palms up in the air and say, I don't know what's going to happen. But it does look like it's going to be a really entertaining Thursday night NBA draft. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. NBA draft is always lit, okay? When you talk about just trades and everything that's going on, I got excited when I saw that Zion would not be on the New Orleans roster. Even though I did like him there to an extent, but the fact that we're going to have big trades, man, nothing gets you excited, or at least myself, nothing gets me more excited about the upcoming season of a league than big trades and big free agency signings. I just love it. I've been that way since I was a kid, so I'm super excited to see what's going to happen when Commissioner Silver comes up there and says, there's been a trade. You're like, oh, man, let's go. That second, when you hear the announcement, and maybe two, if you have somebody draw it out a little more, that is peak excitement at the edge of your seat. What is going on? It's a great feeling. I mean, it's fantastic. And so I wanted to ask the Texans out there, too, which – which gets you more excited, a big NBA trade, big NFL trade, or free agency signings on each? And I guess it pertains to the team you like. If it's a team that, that's out there that you're really that's been your team and they make a big deal, of course, you're going to be more excited about that, man. But NBA draft, just when, you know, the NBA kind of, the finals, 
I think people enjoyed it because I did hear a report at one point during the finals that the ratings were on par with last year's Golden State Boston uh, finals. So you talk about the interest was there to an extent, but you still didn't get that big juicy matchup you wanted. So NBA kind of going into the offseason, I guess you could say you kind of mellowed out on it. And so now this big Bradley Bill trade shop, and you're like, oh, man, I can't wait for next season now, baby, because everybody's going to be tooling up to try to get with the uh, get with the Suns, and then the Nuggets are the champions, so it's going to be really good. Yeah, I, we can go into the Bradley Beal conversation since it's coming up naturally. If we want to talk about Bradley Beal moving from the Washington Wizards, being traded to the Phoenix Suns, and the trade package in return for Washington, not a whole lot, and yet still we're in this weird territory where people feel like Phoenix shouldn't have made this trade, despite in a vacuum them not really giving up a whole lot to go get Bradley Beal. Do you like this for the Suns organization going and get Bradley Beal? Love it. To put love alongside Buck and KD. I'm a star guy. I love uh, big big teams and all that type of stuff. I love the big three era. So I am excited about this deal because it's going to make teams make moves. That's the thing I like about it, too. Other teams are going to go out now and say, oh, Okay, y'all did that because I know that Bradley Bill was a trade target of the Miami Heat. So I know that the Heat now have to come up with a plan B. Maybe they go and get a Damian Lillard because I think he's going to get moved this offseason. So I think that's going to be another seismic shift, especially if the Heat are able to pull this off. You see Tyler Hero is in trade talks, uh, Zion. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I was very excited to see Phoenix do this because you want a villain to root against. This team is clearly going to be the villain because of how a lot of fans feel about KD. You already saw it. People were talking about he always has to have a super team. He always has to have a bunch of all-stars around him. So everybody's going to be hating on Phoenix and KD. Denver's the champion. Jokic, they got to deal with them. Giannis is back. It's going to be on. 704 said free agency trades are always exciting to me. Wolfpack James wrote in on the text line. I think NBA trades are more exciting. Mm. One guy can make a huge difference to a team, whereas in the NFL, it takes more than one guy to win. You're a little higher on Phoenix than I am. Because Bradley Beal is a really good player still. You don't have the point guard anymore with Chris Paul gone. So are you going to have Devin Booker play point guard? I think a lot of people are overlooking the fact that he was very good running point when Chris Paul was injured in the postseason. So maybe you just have the ball a little more so in Book's hands. But the depth is still a problem. Are they going to trade DeAndre Ayton to try to get more depth? Because that relationship went so sour. But we also got reports that Ishbia really wants to make Aiton work. And one yeah. of the reasons he hired Frank Vogel, the new head coach, is that he's been a center whisperer for quite some time. He's been working with a lot of great centers. Remember in Indiana, that was a successful team. Roy Hibbert, Defensive Player of the Year candidate. You go down to Orlando, doesn't really work out there, but wins the championship with the Lakers, and Anthony Davis is um, somebody that had an excellent bubble series, and they were able to win that chip. Can you get something like that with DeAndre? Here's Brian Windhorst talking about Bradley Beal's availability pre-trade, and then we can get to some of the stuff after it. But here's Brian Windhorst giving you what he thought Washington could get in return. I just think over the last three or four years when we've heard Bradley Beal rumors, I don't think they've ever been super legitimate. I, but I do think right now, before the draft, if they're going to do it, it would be now. And I think that the heat would be at the front of it. And I'm going to tell you, if Bradley Beal gets traded between now and next Thursday, I think people are going to be very surprised at the price 
Mm. and how potentially low it's going to be mm. because his contract <laughs> is not attractive, especially going forward, uh, what it would mean to have a $50 million player on your team that may not be you know, a first or second uh, all-NBA type player. And that's if. I'm not saying they're going to, but if they do it. It's a huge contract, okay? You're talking about $50 million a year. He's going to be making 60 in a player option that he'll inevitably opt in on four years from now. Oh, yeah? And he has the only no-trade clause, a part of his contract in the NBA. And it still applies. It goes with him. So now, Phoenix, you're so locked in to Bradley Beal after, yeah, not giving up a whole lot to go get him, but you're still locked in. Now, that was Brian predicting what kind of package Washington would get in return. Bradley Beal was traded to Phoenix for Chris Paul, Landry Shamit, several second-round picks, and pick swaps. In addition to Jordan Goodwin and Isaiah Todd, the Wizards are actually sending those guys to Phoenix. And Jordan Goodwin, some deep NBA head, Sam Bassini, says, hey, Goodwin might actually make the rotation for them. But think about this. Bradley Beal going to Phoenix, essentially for Chris Paul, 38-year-old Chris Paul, Landry Shamit, several second-round picks, and pick swaps. It's not a lot. It's, it's really just in a vacuum. That's very low especially for someone that you were willing to give a no-trade clause to in the first place. So that was the pre-analysis from Brian Windhorst. Let's go to Evan Sidery talking about the Phoenix side of things, saying Matt Ishbia, their owner, he's taking a big old risk by trading for Bradley Beal. He's kind of going against the grain, against what everyone would recommend at this point, the new CBA, which is avoid that second apron, avoid all the penalties. But Matt Ishbia is going superstar hunting since he got in, in as a new owner of the Phoenix Suns. He's gotten Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal in his first four months. He's traded away all of their first-round picks throughout the, until 2030. They have swap rights for other picks. So they gave up really their entire future for the next seven or eight years for these two players. And you have to get a championship off of this because if not, if you don't get a title, the Suns are going to be looking at a really, really odd future here with not a lot of draft capital, not a lot of future to look out for. So this is a big all-in bet on Matt Ishbia that he made for the Phoenix Suns that this three is going to be paying over $150 million combined for for three years between 2024 and 2026 they might get a title or two over that span you're a star guy you love getting all the talent just give it to me and i'll figure out the fit later i totally get it because it's hard to come across bradley beal devin booker and kevin durant on the same team are you calling them the favorite in the nba oh, to win the no championship? question about it no question about it i think that these guys the only question with them is health in my opinion because it's a i huge know one. That it definitely is. Bradley Bill's been a guy that hasn't been the most available player. We know about KD's injury history, uh, but these guys, the thing is, it's just it makes them difficult to be in a seven game stretch. They do get training camp to get that gelling, so to speak, to be able to get the chemistry going uh, between themselves. So I think that will help them too. Uh, but just the fact that we saw what. Phoenix was able to do last year in the playoffs, and they kind of came together last minute. So now adding in a guy like Bradley Beal, they did get to keep DeAndre Ayton. Hopefully he'll have a new outlook with a new coach, and Monty Williams no longer there. So I think that these guys, it's just going to be difficult to deal with that much firepower in a seven-game series. Yeah, I think for for Phoenix, there's a legitimate argument to be made. The fact that KD got so hurt so quickly after being traded, right? So you have to wait for him to make his debut. Actually makes it here in Charlotte. And that was a highly anticipated regular season game because everybody wanted to watch KD in Charlotte. First game ever in a Suns uniform. Gets injured in pregame workouts. 
they're not able to build any chemistry with one another going into the postseason. So you miss out on a lot of that. And so if you have more chemistry this offseason, you bring in Bradley Beal this early in the process, okay, maybe you can start to build that too. But man, I can't put them over Denver. I mean, we're people are legitimately having dynasty conversations about Denver. Nikola Jokic has solidified himself as the best player in the league right now. Jamal Murray is a postseason warrior. What that guy has done in a couple of postseason runs now, it is not to be messed with. Aaron Gordon, great contract, defensive menace, offensively can put you on his back and give you some post-production. I still have Denver as the number one team in the West. And then you think about some of the up-and-coming teams. I'm fascinated by how good Oklahoma City is going to be this year. I don't think they're going to be a favorite to win the title. but they're going to be on a come-up. But they're going to be on the come-up. And if somebody goes down at all, it, it, it even matters in the regular season. If Bradley Beal or Kevin Durant is hurt during the regular season, do you have enough depth to combat that? And then does that allow you to lose so many games to where you don't get a top three seed in the West? All of a sudden, the first round series that you have is going to be a juggernaut because you have to play better competition because you weren't able to get the number one seed. That really helped Denver in their postseason run. Their number one seed helped them out quite a bit. These are the questions I have for Phoenix. Yeah, one thing I was going to ask you, too, do you think KD works like strength like that? When we talk about the injuries that he's had, do you think he's a guy that really gets in the weight room like that? I don't know. I, I mean, I, I'm sure that he's doing whatever his trainer is telling him. To I do. just wonder, just that that's interesting to me because, you know, he has put on weight since he's come into the league, but I just think it's interesting uh, thinking about that as well. Uh, but when you look at the West, just – Denver, I do like Denver, and I think they're going to be right there again. They're going to be really good. How will it be with them returning from winning a championship? Will they have the same hunger? Are guys going to start to get those egos and different things like that? They come with winning a championship and want to get there, so to speak. The Grizzlies are definitely going to take a lick with John being out for 25 games. Sacramento's a team that hopefully they come back, they learn their lesson from what happened in the first round, and uh, they could be good to go. But after that, I mean, the Clippers, you can't trust Kawhi and Paul to stay healthy at all. Golden State, we don't know what they're going to come back looking like. The yeah. Lakers, I suspect, will tweak their roster. But uh, other than that, I just think that Phoenix, the NBA has kind of shown us. Now, we know that some of these big threes didn't work, but I think it's the type of guys that you have. I think Bradley Beal is the type of uh, player who has the maturity to be able to come in and work in this type of situation. Devin Booker, we know he's hungry for a championship, and we know what KD represents the key to as far as the locker room and the chemistry is going to be DeAndre Ayton. How much is he going to buy into being the fourth guy playing that defense that Frank Vogel is going to ask him to play? Because I think they'll be able to get enough scraps to come in and chip in to help them. I I think you can always find guys around the NBA who will come in and be those role players because they want to get that ring. So, um, but it's just going to be interesting. I think Aiton is going to be a huge factor, especially defensively if he really decides to buy in and become a defensive presence. Wolfpack James asked, can the Suns play any defense, though? And so that'll be a legitimate question. Well, they got Vogel, a defensive coach. He is. Not a ton of defensive players. They have a Kogi out there, but that's about it right now. Bagel guy, he's writing in. Phoenix has no bench. Actually, no one other than the big four, and they really are not a big four. A big three. There's certainly a big three. DeAndre Ayton probably has played himself out of any big four conversation. And this is coming from a guy that believed a lot 
in DeAndre <laughs> Ayton. Um, also, weatherman Mark, he wrote in, Hornets should not trade the number two pick for anyone. If they give up draft capital, the Hornets will never get to the playoffs. So weatherman Mark really wanting the Hornets to use this number two pick. And I never thought that it made any sense to go after Beal. Just finishing thoughts there before we move on to drop it like it's hot. Should the Hornets have gotten involved on Bradley Beal um, in your opinion? Well, when you talk about the contract and how crazy that is, I would say because at first you look on the surface and say, well, the little bit that they gave up the Hornets might have been able to do something. But for one, he had a no, uh, he had a veto clause in his contract. Yeah, he, he, he got turn to, down any trade. Yep. So he wasn't going to come here anyway. But as far as the Hornets are concerned, I think with that contract, I think they did themselves a service, especially with him being an older player. All right, let's go do a quick drop it like it's hot. Shrabby, what you got? All right, so we're actually going to go to the racing world here as Formula One was just in Canada this past weekend, and Max Verstappen got another win on the season. Marking, Verstappen. Yes, sir. That is the 100th win for Red <laughs> Walker, Bull. Walker, you know who that is? No, I didn't know what you said, to be honest with you. Max Verstappen, <laughs> dude. I don't know who that is. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, so he, he secured the 100th win for Red Bull in their F1, I guess, career dynasty, whatever you want to call it. And uh, at 25 years old, Max Verstappen now has 41 wins, tying him with Senna. So, and in, he did it eight years faster. So he's definitely a a great. And I think eventually he'll challenge Lewis Hamilton for the win total that he's reached. And is it, know that name? Isn't that the 10th straight win for Red Bull? Ninth. Okay. I think. Yeah, man, you gotta Come watch. On, Wes. You gotta <laughs> you gotta watch Drive to Survive on Netflix. That's how I know all these guys. Formula, I've been watching it since it started. Yeah, Formula One. It got hot. I don't know if it stayed there as much, but I still know it got a lot of new fans out there. In the yeah, world. because the pandemic. Yeah, when the pandemic started, I, I got on Drive yeah. to Survive, and I've been on it ever since. I don't watch the races, but I do watch Drive to Survive. Let's go with the Monday mailbag. Ask us any question you want. To. Anything within reason. 704-570-9610. We'll come back with a Monday mailbag after this. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It's a Monday mailbag on Wesson Walker. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We have plenty of questions rolling in on the text line. You can get your text questions in as well. 704-570-9610. I promised you we'd get the young man's opinion on the top five bars in Charlotte. So before we send him off, it's his last day with us before Fitty comes back. Actually has the day off today. 
but spend all last week with Kyle Bailey. He'll be back with us tomorrow. So we have a Fitty's favorites into Shroppy selections and then a Shroppy send off, giving him a little bit more of the daylight here. What you got for us, Shroppy? The top five bars in Charlotte. All righty. So top five, number five, I'm starting off with Steamers. It's a small little sports bar, but they have like 100 TVs and the prices are really good. So Where's that? Uh, it's off Almar Road. Okay. There you go. Steamer's getting some love. That one's solid. And then to the more traditional ones, number four, I have Tilt on Trade. That's a fun (laughs) one with the the beer pong table in there. I love that one. Of course. I love this, man. This is so good. Yes. There's a new one that's kind of like a house club, uh, like EDM stuff. It's called Trio Charlotte. That's a lot of fun. They have an LED wall that goes all the way up the ceiling and everything so that's really cool is this where they might host a paint party or something like that oh i don't know if they do a <laughs> that, paint party is there. that kind of a vibe okay i don't know but it's it's pretty fun it's new it's only been open for like a month uh number two is slingshot it's a it's a classic I've been now. <sighs> yeah. slingshot you are how old are you shrop 23 yeah man yeah it's, uh, <laughs> i'm pretty sure i got covid at slingshot i'm pretty sure that i happened. could see that yeah, yeah i could uh, I, I could definitely see that and then number one is resident culture I like okay. going there with the with the red light. They got some baddies in there. Okay, why are we okay? <laughs> hey, the young man just speaking his truth. Yeah. Resident culture is a good one. I like. I feel like resident culture was probably the most encompassing of more demographics. I uh, like their beer too. They have really good beer. Visit, yeah, so. beer is good. I love the vending machine they have of a whole bunch of <laughs> random objects. Yes. I mean, w- there can be weird. They had tamagotchis in there. You yep. remember? You remember those things? I do not. I've never even heard of it. It's like a little guy. virtual pet you keep on a thing. They and were big. Oh. Die. They were big 90s uh, items. Are they the little things go? I don't know the sound. They said I was in Concord Media. But, but I, I think they had that. They have like the little uh, animals that you can throw into water and then they get a lot bigger. Oh, wow. This you, sounds like a uh, trippy type of uh, it, it, no, it's just atmosphere. A, it's a weird vending machine. They also have random movies and VHS tapes. I remember one of my buddies he put in some money into the vending machine and he got a VHS tape of Stepmom. All right. Hmm. Solid solid movie, but just some weird stuff coming out there. We can steer it back to sports after Shroppy's top (laughs) five bars. We had Bleepin' Billy write in, question for the crew, whose game will Bryce Young potentially compare to in the NFL right now? Auburn fan, so I'm getting used to rooting for Bryce. What say you on maybe the close comparison you can have with another player out there in the NFL? Yeah, I said I think he's going to compare very closely to Drew Brees. I just think the cerebral nature of his game, even though I think Drew Brees turned the ball over a lot more than I think Bryce Young will because as great as Drew was every now and again, man, he'd give you some gifts and he'd have some games where he'd give you multiple gifts. But I think that uh, Bryce Young compares a lot to him as far as size, stature, but just also the way he plays, the leadership, a lot of it in my book uh, points to a Drew Brees. Uh, we also had a question from Bleepin' Billy. How will Brandon Miller look next to Miles Bridges and P.J. Washington? Is that not a little forward heavy with Mark Williams' development as well? So it's a twofer on this text. I don't think so. I think that'll be just fine, especially because every one of these guys are going to get playing time. Brandon Miller going to be coming off of the bench. I still think... Gordon Hayward even on the team right now, Gordon Hayward, Miles Bridges, PJ Washington. You're going to try to figure out the three, four matchup there. Mark Williams will be your starting five. So he's not going to affect Brandon Miller playing time anyway. Brandon will come in as the sixth or probably even seventh man off of the bench. If you also include Kelly Oubre off the roster, if they just decide not to bring him back. So no, I don't think that's going to hurt anybody's development. Just get as much talent as you can possibly draft the best player overall. If you think that's Brandon, just go ahead and roll with that. Matt and Greensboro asked, what is our dream car? 
I think we've been asked this a couple times. Yeah. But mine's always been the Escalade. Just a nice Escalade is my dream car. Yeah. So that's when our show goes to number one and is nationally syndicated that's all right, across baby. the world. Um, and even globally syndicated. Yeah. What, what, what's yours, Wes? Yeah, cherry red uh, Lamborghini Urus, even though I did look up the fuel economy on those things a couple of days ago. And I mean, it's absolutely insane. Uh, that hmm. would be a weekend car uh, more than more than likely. So. Yeah. Oh, so you just want it to be your weekend car. I mean, yeah, because you're talking about that thing gets about, I think it said 12 miles to the gallon in the city. I mean, it's like, good Lord. And then it's got a 20 plus gallon tank. That's a lot, I guess. But if I can afford that, I guess gas won't be that big of a expense. Shroppy, what is your dream car? <laughs> so I'm actually going to go a little bit of a different direction. I'm going to go with the car that I could build and have fun with. So I'm going with the 1983 280ZX. Okay. All right. You like building cars? Have you done it before? I haven't really done it before. No, it's something I want to. Mm-hmm. I think would be cool to get into. But if I had to go for a more traditional one, I think a realistic option would be a Jaguar F-Type. Okay. There you go. Oh, I want to hear from the dads out there, man. What did they get Sunday? Best Father's Day gifts or whatever it is that you did uh, with your kids, man. I want to hear some of that as well. All right, so we can do that also. Father's Day experience that you had yesterday. You can tell us yours, Wes, because unless Shroppy didn't tell us something, I don't have any kids to talk about. I imagine Shroppy doesn't either. (laughs) What say you? I got spoiled all weekend. I went out with my girl and her family the night before they had a little dinner, so I uh, got treated to some dinner there, but then the next day, uh, my mom and Bryce took care of me, didn't want me to move an inch. Uh, my mom gave me gifts. Uh, she gave me something that was very practical as far as just uh, packing for suitcases go, so she gave me that. But then uh, multiple pictures of Bryce and I through the years that I was able to put um, on the, the shelves that I have in, in the front room. So I got that. They made me breakfast, and we ate so good. Uh, that day we had a Father's Day feast. With Did he make own. you anything? The classic. He he. Bryce talks a big game. He he'll say that he's gonna do it, but he didn't get up in the morning quite in time. He <laughs> did help my mom at the end. He watched over the biscuits, and then um, <laughs> they got me Jim and Nick's wings for dinner. Those are my favorite wings. And then uh, my mom made potato salad. We got some wow. sides and stuff. And then we just hung out, man, and spent all day together. But we did go over to Monster Mini Golf in University. It was excellent. The mini golf, you talk about trippy, 3D, neon lights, playing golf, uh, bowling, video games, and they had a cool uh, King Kong virtual reality roller coaster type of ride. It was lit, so we had a good time. Look, biscuit watcher is an important role in the kitchen. That certainly is. And I'm Don't want to burn the biscuit. No, you do not. Cam Tweets <laughs> thing said, I got a bunch of steaks from the local market. It was the best gift ever. Okay. A whole bunch of steaks on Dad's Day? Yeah. That's a good gift. You can continue to write in your experience. 704-570-9610. We have one more hour to get to. I want to continue to talk about the Charlotte Hornets, their second overall pick. Plus, we have a Madden simulation. Yep. Madden simulation for Bryce Young. And we can also give you some of the latest updates on OTAs with the Carolina Panthers. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.